Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Weekly. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Weekly, the weekly radio program brought to you on Max Sports Channels and Baseball Talk Radio, and it's designed for you to win your league. My name is Phil Nasons, and by way of introduction, I am the fantasy baseball writer at athleticsnation.com. I also write a fantasy weekly waiver wire report at fantasyteamadvice.com, as well as a daily starting pitching streamers column at fantasyteamadvice.com. Got that out of the way. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen every week. Man, we got a lot of feedback from last week, and I'm really thrilled to be able to bring this to you. Stitcher is the best place to find us. If you don't come to the site or to the site of my guest, it just is easier. You can download the Stitcher app straight to your phone. It acts like a radio receiver. You can be offline and still catch us and all of your other favorite programs. Joining me this week to talk fantasy baseball from VivaAlbertos.com. Please welcome Eric Johnson to the show. Eric, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. Um, despite my fantasy baseball struggles lately with injuries, uh, I'm hanging in there, Phil. Seven injuries I have on one team. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, it's really been a brutal year for injuries, and especially when – the run scoring environment this year is so low; it's just hard to find any replacements that have any kind of uh, any kind of ability at all. Unfortunately, unfortunately, and it's not going to change. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. Not 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 after doing my research for this show this week. Um, it's getting kind of thin out there. It is. Um, you know, I was doing the same thing. I was at lunch actually writing some notes for this show. And we record, by the way, this program with Eric on Wednesday evenings. The show actually publishes on Saturday. But we try to make sure we give you the most up-to-date info that we can. Just keep that in mind when you're listening. Because one time we recommended, we talked about someone, I don't remember who, and they wound up on the DL the next day. (laughs) And it it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. But we try to do the best we can. And, And out there, if you have any questions, or anything that you would like us to address on the show, please contact us because we'll be more than happy to talk about it because this show is really for you. Because Eric and I, we can just call each other on the phone and talk about this stuff easy. But we want to kind of share what we the little bit we do know, <laughs> and hopefully you do win your league. Now, this is a bummer because I I wrote an article, Eric, in spring training where I felt that taking Jose Abreu was probably pretty risky because you didn't really know what to expect. You saw what he did in Cuba, but you didn't know for sure. And he turned out to be spectacular, and I'm glad that I was wrong. I wound up uh, drafting him in one league because I I, I forgot to draft the first baseman, and he happened to still be there in the eighth round, and and, and that's fair enough. He's now on the 15-day disabled list. Joey Votto just cracked the DL today. This is not good because there's not a whole lot out there for first base, is there? No, first base in you know in years past, first base is one of those positions where there's always a lot of depth on the waiver wire, and in fact, you could kind of sit in a draft and sit back and wait and not really go after anybody um, near the top of the 
the first the first five six rounds because you could get kind of a middling guy and then you could swap him out for whoever's hot coming into the coming into the middle of the season if he's not working out for you. Right now, it's slim pickings on the waiver wire as far as first basemen go. Um, a couple guys I like um, that that uh, are on the major league waiver wire right now. Um, <laughs> you're gonna hate this one, but Ike Davis has actually started to play pretty well for Pittsburgh, and he's getting most of the plate appearances as of late. So he's a guy you may want to look at for a stopgap. I don't know that he's going to be able to keep it up. He's been absolutely awful for two seasons in a row. Um, but he's a guy you could look at, possibly. Uh, another one is, and he qualifies at both first and third base, is Mike Olt for the Chicago Cubs. We're getting into that month of June. Um, the Wrigley Field, and they have a lot of home games in June this year. Wrigley Field in June plays really small. So if you're going to, you know, if you're missing Joey Bottle for a couple of weeks and it starts to warm up in Chicago like it has been the last week and a half, uh, Olt might be a good play for you because you're going to get the home runs. What you are going to have is a lot of strikeouts and a low batting average. But those are two guys. Um, there is a, a, some pros- a one prospect I would mention, uh, and that's Jonathan Singleton. And he's at the AAA affiliate for Houston which happens to be the Oklahoma City Redhawks. Um, my brother actually works for them. But uh, he's hit 14 home runs, I believe, this year in the minor leagues. They have nobody at first base in Houston. Now, they're waiting for the Super 2 cutoff. And if you're a real baseball nerd, you know what I'm talking about. But the Super 2 cutoff is going to be in about the next 7 to 10 days. So I would expect to see Singleton up right after that it is crossed. Because he's certainly ready, and in that ballpark, he can absolutely mash. Those are good pickups, except Ike Davis still plays in the majors. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. He maybe shouldn't, but he's <laughs> man. The last—I'll tell you what—if you look at his splits from when he got out of New York and he's come to Pittsburgh, he's actually played pretty well. Um, the power numbers are there. Again, he's going to strike out a lot. And he's not going to hit for a high average, but he's going to get you some homers. He's going to slug. If you're in an OBP league, he does get quite a few walks. So he's a guy that, you know, you can consider picking up. But like I said, I mean, obviously in a perfect world, he's not the guy you want to start. But, you know, we're not living in a perfect world. We're living with a lot of injuries right now. You're absolutely right. Uh, I'm just uh, sour on Ike Davis as a Mets fan, as a baseball fan, really. I don't know what happened to him. I wish him all the luck in the world. We talked about him on uh, Thursday's Daily Show a little bit. But I, I've got a couple options at first base as well. These are all less than 50% owned, and I believe all the major leagues that I was able to find. Uh, Justin Smoke, okay, he started off hot. Not so hot now. He's still 41% owned, but uh, 25% strikeout rate. If you can handle that. You're all right, because he will hit the ball out of the park for you. He'll drive in some runs. He'll score some runs. It all depends on what they do in Seattle. But uh, Smoke is a guy I might look at. Another guy is uh, Ike Davis's replacement in New York, Lucas Duda. Duda is, uh, he gets on base, so if you're in an OBP league, you're going to be pretty happy about that. He will hit the ball out of the park. He'll drive in maybe a few more runs than some guys, maybe... uh, more than Quintanilla, and he'll score a few runs. 
This is how desperate we are here because first base, like Eric said, used to be such a deep position and now it's just not. And it's it's tough. But Duda is actually outfield eligible as well. So you can keep that in mind. And Garrett Jones is available out there, 16.8%. His batting average is okay. His slug is ugh. His uh, on-base percentage is like 472, so that's not too bad. And uh, he's at 811 OPS, not bad. He'll get a few bombs for you. He'll drive in about 20, 25 runs in the next month, maybe, month and a half. He's outfield eligible too, Eric. That's all I could find. I mean, there's not much there. Yeah, one other name uh, I would mention just kind of as a flyer uh, is C.J. Crone uh, for the Angels. He's been getting some time at first base, some time at DH. Um, but uh, he's first base eligible. I don't believe he's going to be eligible in the outfield. He's kind of a plotter. But he's got some real power. Um, he was slugging almost, I think, close to 600 before they called him up in AAA. He's a little bit older. Uh, but if you're desperate, I mean, that's a guy you can go for. He's owned in like 5% of ESPN leagues and only 9% of Yahoo leagues that I can find. Desperate is the word. <laughs> yeah, desperate's the word of the day. It really is. That's what we should title the show. Desperate is the word of the day. Because that's what it is. I haven't seen so many injuries, especially as from the pitcher's. And the first baseman, like we've seen this year, it's just horrid. Ben Zobrist, you know, I was touting him pretty good <laughs> the last couple weeks. He wound up on the DL. One of the things I like about Zobrist is he's just dual eligible. I mean, it, actually, in three positions, at short, at second, and in the outfield. I like Zobrist, but he's out for a while. Do you have any second base options or just – in general, someone to replace this guy because he is triple eligible, so you can put him in a whole bunch of different places. Yeah, depending on what you have as far as um, eligibility issues in the middle infield, if you're playing Zobrist, I mean, he qualified as short in a lot of leagues. If you had him at short, Stephen Drew is going to be up in the next week or so, um, and he is probably going to be the starting shortstop for the Red Sox. He's probably going to hit ninth. Uh, eighth or ninth, and he's probably going to hit home runs. He had a 200 ISO there last year uh, in Boston, and with that little pesky pull power porch over there for lefties, he can definitely uh, pick up some power numbers for you. Another guy I like a lot is uh, Derek Dietrich uh, for the Miami Marlins. He's a second baseman there. I think he only is eligible at second base. I don't think he's played much short. Um, he's got five home runs on the season, halfway decent batting average. Um, he could definitely do some damage for you um, in the short term, and he's going to play a lot. He's only hitting 240, so you're going to have to take a hit with batting average. But he's a guy that you could definitely pick up and might get you some power numbers. And another shortstop, just to mention, Brandon Crawford of San Francisco. Um you know, he was one of those guys that was always near the bottom of the barrel in terms of starters, but he's actually started to turn into a pretty nice little player. He's got five home runs on the year. He's slugging 428. Again, only hitting about, you know, 240, 245, 250. If you can take the hit on batting average, Crawford, Dietrich, um, Drew, they're going to play. They play for teams that score a lot of runs, so they're going to have opportunities to drive them in and opportunities to score them. Those are all good names. Stephen Drew back. You know, I want to ask you about Stephen Drew. 
I'm not I I don't know what to expect from him other than what we saw last season. He hasn't played in a while. Who knows when he's going to finally arrive in Boston? But uh he's going to be uh highly sought after, I think. When would you pull the trigger? Would you try to grab him now and just wait or would you wait and see what he does? I would grab him now. Um he look look. He's a Scott Boris client. He should have taken the offer that he got from the Red Sox originally. He didn't do it. So now he's coming back, and he's got a lot to prove because nobody wanted to sign him to a long-term deal this offseason. Nobody. He will not be under QO next year, so nobody has to give a first-round pick to sign him. So he needs to go out and actually really play well if he wants that long-term deal. Now, you know as well as I do the long laundry list of guys who've gone out and had something to prove and ended up having a career year. Motivation is a real <laughs> is a real thing at the big league level, and he's going to have plenty of it when he gets back. Yep, I always say beware of the guy in a contract year because they do seem to show out, especially in the majors. Yeah, I think he's going to do pretty well. I think he wants to prove the fact that – what I think is that he wants to prove everyone wrong, and, and that's fair enough. I, Me, I'm – I'm pretty set at shortstop, so I'm pretty happy about that. And so far, no one's been injured. But uh, I, I will wait for him and see what he does because I'm sure there'll be he'll be on somebody's waiver wire, one of my league's waiver wires. I don't think he's uh, on any rosters of the leagues that I'm currently in. So I'll kind of wait, but you give good advice. And if you have trouble at shortstop, he's your guy. You should grab him now and just kind of wait because you're already taking a hit anyway. What's the difference? And at least you know what he can do. We know what he can do. And what he can do in Boston is jack the ball over that porch or over that wall. And, and that's something he likes to do, and he likes to do in abundance. Now, I still got a couple second basemen that you might want to look at. Dustin Ackley, eh, you know what? His average is so-so. His on-base is so-so. His slug is, on, is so-so. His OPS is so-so. But he'll stop a gap. He'll hit a few bombs for you. He will drive in some runs. So that's not a bad thing. Jed Jerko is still out there, too, but if you're in a roto league, ignore that advice because he's going to kill you in the batting average and everything else. But if you're in a head-to-head standard scoring league, you might be able to get away with his 163 average because he's going to hit some bombs for you. The problem with him is he strikes out a bit, too, like at 25% of the time, which is not very good. And you mentioned Derek Dietrich. I like him a lot, and I thought that he was going to be special. I still think he can be special and, and I would take him. He's only 1% owned right now. So those are all guys that you could probably look at out there, folks. And uh, good luck with that. Cause uh, we're in the same boat you're in. We're in injury hell as well. We can sympathize and emphasize, emphasize, empathize, empathize with you. I can't spit this out at 4:52 <laughs> in the morning. I was doing so well earlier today. <laughs> God. Anyway, closers, Eric. Closers. The low security guys. Here's the deal. Henri Mejia is now the closer for the New York Mets this week. What do you think about Henri Mejia? Do you pick him up? I think you probably should. Um, They took him out of their rotation and stuck him in the bullpen. So he was good enough to start for them. And if, they, if, if they're going to take him out of the rotation and put him as a closer, he's probably going to have to do 
be awfully bad for to, for him to lose that job. So I, I think you should probably pick him up if he's available in your league, um, for sure. Because it seems to me like they're really struggling at the back of the bullpen there uh, at City Field. So they just decided to to take a starter and stick him in the the back end and try to shore that mm-hmm. up. Uh, as a saber patrician, I think that's the worst possible solution. Uh, but the Mets have quite a bit of pitching, so uh, maybe it makes sense for them to do that. I've always thought that he should be the closer when he first came up. The guy was throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs, but after three surgeries, he's not doing so hot. There's no other place to put him. It, it, what are they going to do? They have to showcase him somehow. They've invested a lot in him. And, well, he hasn't been able to deliver the way they thought that he would, and I think it's because they rushed him up to the majors when he was 19. Yeah, I picked him up in two of my leagues where I was having some closer issues. Yeah, he's going to be there for at least a couple weeks, I'm sure, until Terry Collins changes his mind once again, but there's nowhere else to go. He's used them all. I mean, he's even sent Kyle Farnsworth away. And, folks, leave Kyle Farnsworth alone. (laughs) Kyle Farnsworth is finished. He, he signed him in Houston, right? And he, he gave up four runs, three runs, something like that in the ninth inning. After he got done, this is be, and, and this is after he told everyone in the world that he was going to make the New York Mets pay for releasing him. Well, they did pay to release you. but <laughs> And now everyone else is paying <laughs> to sign you. And the only one that benefits from Kyle Farnsworth's existence in the major leagues is Kyle Farnsworth. And stay away from him. He's not worth it. The other big news, if you didn't hear my Thursday show on my daily show, Sean Doolittle is now the closer in Oakland. He'll be there for a couple weeks as well. That's not a bad thing. He's he's done pretty well, right? Yeah, I brought him up a couple. Maybe It might be in last week or the week before as a guy who definitely profiled with closer stuff and just really hadn't gotten a chance to do that yet. Um it, <laughs> It seems like Billy Bean's done just about everything possible to keep Doolittle from being the closer. And I think part of that stems from the fact that Oakland really likes to use their better relievers in the in the middle innings in higher leverage situations. So first and second with one out where they're going to need a strikeout and a fly out or a double play. They like to use their better relievers there rather than hold them back from the ninth inning like you see a lot of teams do. So now, but but they needed someone to shut the door, and they really had a struggle trying to find that guy. And it looks like Doolittle might be, might be the the guy. But again, it's just so hard to tell. They have been so successful with the revolving door back there that I don't know that he's going to be able to just take a clamp on that role. Um, but here's two guys right now that you should pick up if you need a closer. Zach Britton for Baltimore because Tommy Hunter stinks and Darren O'Day has not been any better. Uh, Britton has been ridiculous this year. I think he's got a good enough stuff to start. They put him in the bullpen after they signed Ubaldo Jimenez in the offseason. He's been great. Uh, another guy to pick up is Ronald Belisario from the White Sox. Um, again, Matt Lindstrom's on the DL. He's on his way back up. I don't think he's going to get the role. Uh, Belisario has been a really good reliever for a really long time. Never really gotten a chance to close. I think he's got the stuff to do it, and he's been really, really good. Uh, there was a good write-up at Fangraphs.com um, by Eno Saris yesterday uh, about Ronald Belisario to make sure that you pick pick him up. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be excellent for you. 
Good pick. You see that with Eric? He's a sabermetrician. Me, I just kind of pick go by feel. I look at some things. That's why, and we both win. So, you see, we complement each other well. Tommy Hunter stinks. Yeah. <laughs> He's been awful. And the weird thing was last year, he was great. He was great in the setup role for them. That's the thing with relievers, folks. <laughs> they are just so fungible. They're just, they're a handful. Uh, maybe two hands full of relievers in the majors at any one time that are consistent. They're consistently good. You know, you would never have thought last year that Trevor Rosenthal would be struggling so much, but he is. And uh, as a Cardinals fan, yeah, that's a struggle for me. Uh, but th- it's just so difficult with so few innings. You know, you have one or two bad games and you just look awful. So you got to look at those guys who get a lot of strikeouts and uh, keep the ball from being put in play, and that tends to keep you from having a big blow-up. Yep, that describes Sean Doolittle. That's exactly what he does. He's had 30 strikeouts this season and just one walk at the time of this recording. So, And this is the first time that Bob Melvin all season has actually designated someone as the closer. So he might be there for two weeks, but everything that you said is absolutely correct. And that's enough for our closers on the hot seat section. This is something we never get to do, and uh, we've got about four minutes, so let's do this. Who has been hot more than Juan Francisco? No one <laughs> has been hotter than the former Atlanta Braves third baseman. I remember last year they had that big uh, power struggle between him and Chris Johnson, and then they traded him to uh, Milwaukee, and I think it was Milwaukee, because when they go to Milwaukee, you kind of like lose. Yes. It's like that vortex, right? <laughs> he just loose them. And, uh, They're gone. Yeah, now he's in Toronto. And you want to talk about resurrection. Resurrection 2.0, Juan Francisco in Toronto. What in the world, man? Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, you know, a guy gets playing time, gets regular playing time, and just, you know, just starts crushing the ball all over the park. Uh, one thing I'll say, as a sabermetrician – um, and not to put it, you know, not to rain on your parade, Phil, but these guys that get hot, they're really hard to stay hot. Part of the reason why Juan Francisco has been so great is that his batting average on balls in play is 391. Now, for his career, it's 338. So take his 292 average and drop it by about 50 points, and that's what you could expect him to hit for the rest of the year. Now, the Blue Jays have a really good hitting coach. They have really good hitting instruction in the minor leagues. So it's very possible that he's made some swing changes that have helped him out. Um, I argue with this about, with guys all the time. I do think there's some benefit to it. Do I think he's going to slug 629 all year? No, but again, it's not going to hurt you to pick him up and ride the bat while it's hot. One thing to look at, though, is that you talked about strikeouts earlier, Phil. He strikes out 35% of the time. So he's all or nothing. I mean, it's going to be home runs, you know, or he's going to he's going to hit about usually around 220. So don't be surprised if he goes back into a really horrendous slump, you know, within a week or two of you picking him up. So just, just be aware of that. Uh, I, I try to warn guys off, but heck, sometimes with fantasy, you, you just got to go for it. Um, you know, I, I don't really know as far as. Um, yeah, waiver wire pickups. 
A couple I would look at pitchers, uh, starting pitchers especially. Jaime Garcia is back for the Cardinals. Uh, he's going to get, I think I looked at it the other day, he's going to get five of his first six starts at home. He's one of been one of the best home park pitchers in baseball, in the history of baseball, since Ruth, basically. Um, he's one of the best ones out there. So that's a guy definitely you should look to pick up. Trevor Bauer is another one. He's owned in less than 40% of leagues. He's finally back up. He's got great stuff, people. Um, his head may not be always in the right place, but the guy has absolutely electric stuff. He's going to be really, really good for Cleveland. Um, and then a couple just to, to talk about real quick. If you're in the market for an outfielder, if you're struggling with outfield, will you just please go pick up Gregory, Gregory Polanco for the Pirates? He's going to be up the first week of June, and he's going to mash. He's absolutely absolutely stud player. And then, you know, Oscar Tavares, if he's not 50% owned in your league already, <laughs> you're playing in a league you should probably win. Let's put it that way. Uh, but he is going to be up sometime in June for the Cardinals. They are going to get him 400 plate appearances this year. Don't miss out on him if he's there. Great stuff, my friend. Great stuff. I'm going to throw one more pitcher in there. Drew Pomerant. Okay, he right now he's only pitching five innings a game. They're stretching him out slowly, slowly. But after three pitchers have gone down with Tommy John, they just didn't have time to do what they wanted to do with him. But he's thrown three straight shutouts, five inning shutouts. Five-inning victory shout-outs. Keep your eye on that. Great stuff today, Eric. Thanks for being on the show with me. Thanks, Phil. All right, that was Eric Johnson. You can find him at VivaAlbertos.com, and I suggest that you do. He does, and his crew do, a fantastic minor league report. As you can tell, he's got the 411 on the minor leagues. And that's going to finish it up for us here at Fantasy Baseball Weekly. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen every week. I appreciate your feedback. You can catch me over at philnasons.com or any one of the number of sites that I write. I want to thank Max Sports Channels and Baseball Talk Radio for keeping us on the air. Until then, until next week, good luck this week, have a lot of fun, and go win your league. Do you know your fantasy sports? Would you like to make money at it? DraftStreet.com and The Phil Nason Show would like to help you get started making money playing fantasy sports today. And we'll even give you the chance to get started making money today for free. On me. That's right. All you have to do is head on over to philnasons.com or visit the show notes for this show. Click the Draft Street image at the top of the page and start making money playing fantasy sports at draftstreet.com today. If you like baseball, you should be checking out BaseballPodcasts.net. It's one of the best places you can go on the Internet to listen to independent baseball talk shows. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on our radio player that can be heard around the world. So won't you tune in and give us a listen at BaseballPodcasts.net. You can also listen to the great Phil Nason show here. See you there at BaseballPodcasts.net. Been dreaming of that Greek vacation? Well, if you have, then you might want to check out the folks at the Oridi Grand Hotel, located in beautiful Corfu, Greece. Come experience world-class cuisine, as well as the hospitality that Greece is legendary for at the Oridi Grand Hotel. You can find them at oridihotel.com or email them 
at reservations at aridihotel.com. Hi, this is Gary Mack of Mets Musings, and I hope you'll join me each and every week as I recap all of the comings and goings on in New York Mets baseball. I'll have guests on from all across Mets Nation giving their insights and analysis on the New York Mets. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mets Musings 1, as well as on Facebook. The group name is Mets Musings. So tune in weekly to the Mets Musings, available at MetsMusings.com, Stitcher.com, iTunes.com, iHeartRadio, and of course, BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows. Brewtown Sports is your source for Brewers news and notes. Join Mr. Brewtown as he keeps you up to date on all the happenings of your Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, Bruton Sports. Listen 24-7 at brutonsports.potomatic.com. Hi, this is Phil Nasons from This Week in Tennis and the Phil Nasons Show. Max Sports Channels offers the best in sports talk radio, as well as great music 24 hours a day. It's my daily destination, and I hope it's yours. The sports talk begins each and every day at 3 p.m. and ends around 9 p.m. Special programming on the weekends. And in between all that, the hottest music on the internet. That's Max Sports Channels. Make it your daily destination.